welcome to Playing Full Out. I'm your host, Augie Bylock, and this is where we explore success, fulfillment, and the power of purpose. Each week, we visit with interesting people who not only make money, but make a difference. And this is where we spread the good news about enlightened wealth, success that serves others. And in this episode, I am just so happy to be able to, to talk with Tom Olson. Now, Tom is an amazing guy. He's the founder and CEO of Good Success and the Olson Group Network. He's the founder and CEO of both of these entities. He's also an author of a number of popular books for investors, including The 30-Day Good Success Journey, Active Turnkey, which is the best way to buy rentals, and another one called Investors versus Contractors. Tom is also a podcaster. He hosts the Good Success Podcast, which is an excellent podcast for investors and entrepreneurs alike, dedicated to achieving lasting financial success. Now, Tom's also involved in something called the Community Go-Giver Series, because his passion is this project, Flipping Gary. And I'm going to ask Tom to talk about that in just a minute, because it revolves around his personal and his professional mission to literally fix and flip an entire town, Gary, Indiana. And it, according to Tom, remains a full, untapped, full of untapped potential due to its location. And I'm going to let him talk more about that. So without further ado, welcome Tom Olson. We're so glad to have you here. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Augie. I really appreciate you and your mission and love to be able to express or encourage or challenge your listeners to have their own personal missions and know what their purpose is and be able to reach their potential in that purpose. Okay, so let's play full out. And to do that, we'll start with our first question. Now, the word success conjures up all sorts of different thoughts and feelings and emotions and lots of different responses and reactions with everybody I, I talk to. And I'm curious, when you hear the word success, what does that conjure up in your mind? Ha, that's a great question, because it's actually kind of one of the questions that we ask on our podcast, except for for us, we talk about the term good success. So when I think about good, uh, when I think about success, I think about many different things. You can be successful at being a horrible person, right? I mean, you think about it, like you could just be an absolute horrible person. You can live your whole life being selfish and only thinking about yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can be a really great success at it. You can become a billionaire. You can, you can have all this world's wealth and all this world's fame, and you can be the most popular person, and you could be successful doing so, correct? But in my opinion, that's not the kind of success that I want to have, and that's not the kind of success that I would encourage any of you out there to want to have. And I know it's going to take an unselfish view, and you're going to have to stop thinking that everything revolves around you, which most of us, most of the time, myself included, think that way. Um, but to me, good success um, is something that I've even had to define with our own company, good success. That's the name of our company called good success. And to me, good success is the right person doing the right thing for the right reason with the right people for the right amount of time. So if you want me to define success, I have to define it in the right kind of success, which I think is good success. And there you have it. Okay. Well, now you, you've been involved in, in business as an entrepreneur for quite a few years. What would you say is the biggest factor that has helped you achieve this good success? Uh, the biggest factor in achieving it, I think is number, is kind of like what I just went through that process of defining 
what mm -hmm. success is for you. And I think uh, most of the time people can't get past that step. Um, you know, I, I have a mastermind called the good success mastermind. And like almost the first question I have to get people over is, is define what it is that you actually want. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that a, a lot of times we're very confused of what we want. Um, and, and we say it's for other people and a lot of times it's really not, it is for us or it's for something that ends up coming back to us. And if that's the case, I think you just got to own it and define it. But I think it's very important to know what it is that you want. Once you get past that first step, well, then I can take somebody through a process and I can actually get them to where they want to go. But they've got a number one, I think the hardest thing is to figuring out what they want. And the second hardest thing, which sometimes is harder than the first is being honest about where you're at today. Yeah, that, that's a great point. We go through something similar in, in the PAC Mastermind, the group that I lead. And many times people's initial swack at it is what they think they want is what somebody else told them they should want. Right. And, it, you know, what you want has to come out of your heart. It's got to come from deep within. And I know we do a lot of inner game work in our mastermind so that people can become fully authentic, more transparent, and more comfortable in their own skin. And that begins to shift a lot of things, you know, when those things open up. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Now, knowing you as I do, I know that, you know, faith kind of ties into a lot of what you do. And could you share a little bit about how faith has helped to kind of mold your path towards success, but also maybe how it's helped when things didn't go well and, and that it helped you to meet challenges that come up? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I don't know how people that don't have faith get it, get through life when they have really hard challenges, when you have a, a death of a loved one or when you have um, circumstances that come up. So like, I, I guess, let me start with that. But, you know, how has faith helped me? I believe our core values from our business come straight from our faith. I, our number one core value, and I think the most important core value that we have in our, all of our businesses in the mastermind and everything we do is charity. And charity is not just giving, it's a way of living. Charity is, is love. It is the purest sense of the word love. And love, in my opinion, true love, the unselfish love, the agape love only comes. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll couple this question with another question I got recently um, because our mastermind is really specifically for Christian business owners that want to be able to reach their potential and us helping them figure out what that is, how they can reach their potential and then how they can use that to be, to matter in this world and, and to mm -hmm. live a life of purpose. Um, but um, I, I got asked this question, how do we with faith bring that to our business? And, and, that's how you do it. The reason, the way you do it is charity. The way you do it is love. The way you do it is be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven us. And a lot of times that's what we have to, we have to remember that. We have to remember that everything that we do should be led with love. Nobody would ever argue with you if you said, hey, love is like the most powerful thing in the world. Love is, if you love your neighbor as yourself, guess what? You're probably not going to screw them over in that real estate deal. If you're kind to other people, people aren't going to reject you. If you forgive people when you're the one that has been wronged at times, that is always going to overturn and be way better. You're going to have a much better, more influence. You're going to have way more um, things that come back to you 
in, 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 in business by being the right person doing the right thing for the right reason with the right people for the right amount of time. And I think that all kind of stems together. Yeah, no, <clears throat> I think it ties in really well because I mean, we are in a truly service industry and to be in a service industry without a servant's heart is kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going through right now right now that um, our lenders, for instance, and, and um, not with me, but with other people in different networks that I'm, I'm a part of, like, people are having issues right now, like, people aren't paying back like they're supposed to. There's deals that have gone south, there's, there's things that are that people just aren't doing the right thing. And it's kind of like what you said at the very beginning, yes, being that right person doing that right thing, doing something in this world that actually matters is way more important than just chasing the next buck. Mm -hmm. um, money is the cheapest thing that, that, that we have. And it's for some reason, the th number one priority in most of our lives. Couldn't agree more. And then the next question kind of builds on that because, you know, business is about creating habits. And, you know, I, I'm big on the idea of stewardship um, of our time, our resources, everything. And so, you know, I talk about this thing, the T principle, taking effective action. Mm -hmm. Now, what would you kind of define it as your success habits? Now, I'm sure you got tons of them, but maybe the top one or two, three, something like that. What would you define as your success habits that something you can share with others? That's a great question. And, and I wish I had more. I, I wish I could come up here and be, and be that person that you just told everybody I was. But it's something that I work on. And, and I, think, I think most people are like that way. Maybe I'm the only person, I don't know, maybe I'm the only person that it's hard to be disciplined and, and to always like create those habits. But there are some habits that I have, um, I have created that I, that I can definitely share with, with everybody. Number one, I think having a daily habit of scripture reading and prayer, I think is, in my opinion, very, very important. Mm -hmm. um, I think when it, for our business, I'll, I'll tell you in our business, I think our business this year has just gone almost straight up um, since we started a Monday morning prayer meeting. We spend 30 minutes to 45 minutes. The very first 30 to 45 minutes of our week is spent here at the office. And we, I've got about 28 employees all along uh, with all the different companies. And we had 13 of them here this, you know, last Monday at, at an actual prayer meeting where we'll, you know, give our praises and, you know, the, or, or answers to prayer. And then we'll go through and we'll listen to each other's hearts or different people that are in the hospital or sick. Or, you know, one of my, one of my members of my office is actually went last week to one of her dying friends um, house to kind of meet with her for, for, for the week. And, you know, like you get to really feel the heart of it, but I, we've seen so many answers of prayer to happen when it comes to that. Um, when it comes to business, I believe the habits are like the weekly meetings. If you're, if you're big on EOS and you understand like some of the, those scaling up structures, um, that weekly level 10 meeting or that weekly meeting, um, the quarterly meetings to kind of reset, the yearly meetings to like give your visions for the year. Um, those things are important. I think people don't make a, a big enough priority to, to, for those things. And it's all about what, what habits produce. Habits produce momentum. And I think momentum is one of the keys to leadership. It's one of the keys to success. How can you as a leader every single day, things that are going to happen automatically? I think a lot of people think it has to be perfect first. No, you got to just start and have a momentum and then perfect it and tweak it as it goes and create that momentum. And then there's one thing I'll give you out there 
I'm sure a lot of your audience is married, right? So I'll give you my number one marriage tip. Um, and I've been married for 22 years, so I don't have the experience that some other people that you might have in your audience has, but 22 years is still, um, I think is something to be said at least, but it's probably not, you know, 40 or 50 if other, some, some of your, your listeners, but I'll tell you one thing that I will tell you that has helped us is since we were married every single week, we go on a weekly date, me and my wife. And I believe that that's a habit. And that's something that needs to be put in most marriages lives. Um, and, and in that, in that thing to, to, to be able to make sure that there is, um, that happens in family. I think one of the biggest investments that you can make in your life and to into your family is family vacations. And mm -hmm. I think it ought to be something that is a discipline and it does cost money. It does take time away from other things that you're doing. But I think I don't look at it as an expense. I look at it as one of the biggest, best, most return on my investment investments that I do all year long. No, I totally agree. And you know, Stephen Covey said it really well with habit number seven, you got to sharpen the saw. Yeah. You know, because if you know he's always on the grindstone, you're going to have a very flat face. You know? <laughs> so you got to give him time to grow back. But I love it. Now, you've done well and you've had a great trajectory. But I'll bet you're like me in some respects. And you've made a few oopses during the, on, on your journey. Oh, too many to mention. Well, you don't have to mention <laughs> them all. But, you know, I'm a big you know, believer, as you are, that there's no failure, only feedback. So we learn. And... Can you share a situation that was a real good learning opportunity for you? You know, or sure. a mistake I, and then you learn from it. Sure. So <clears throat> I, I'll just share one here. Like, I, I don't know if I, we don't have all day to kind of get into everyone, my, but my goodness, I could probably write a bunch of dictionaries and books on, on all the mistakes that I've made. Probably every day we make mistakes, right? So um, probably the biggest mistakes I've made is probably growing too fast. Um, you know, when you, when you kind of go from, uh, you know, you expect learning, you expect curves, you expect learning curves, you expect to have uh, um, growing pains. But, you know, we, we, we went from, you know, zero and I just went to like, and I invested, I, so I mean, I had some capital to invest and I knew there was going to be a period of time where we kind of had to lose money in order to, be, you know, to get to the point where we're making money in order to have the staff in order to put the engine together. But, you know, going, I think business should be stair-stepped. You know, you kind of grow to a point and then you kind of level off and you get to that point where, okay, now it's time to grow again and level off and grow and level off. And I've been in business two different times, actually. I made this mistake twice where that, that, that gas on the pedal without having controls and without having everything in business to be able to sustain and people, like that's the problem. Most of the time, you can only grow as fast as your people can grow. So you might be there, you might know what's going on, but everybody else around you doesn't. So I would just, if, if you want to ask me that one big mistake that I really caution people about is growing too fast, going from zero to a hundred deals in one year or going from, you know, two or 3 million in, in revenue to 20 million in revenue. Mm -hmm. um, it, it creates a lot of, of, lot of extra challenges and um, unless you have the team, it's all about the team. And, you know, unless they've all have caught up to you and your knowledge and where you're going and why you're going there and how to get there, uh, I think, you know, you might want to take two years to take that journey. Yep. You absolutely have to have shared vision. If you don't, you're going to go in one direction and other team members are going to go in another direction and it really hampers your ability to get to where you want to be. Um, <clears throat> Every now and then, as an entrepreneur, we have to face tough decisions. And 
what would you say is the hardest decision that you've ever had to make? My word. <laughs> yeah, we to dig a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in business, it was probably letting go of a family member. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally, uh, it's been making the decision. And it's not, I guess it wasn't a hard decision. It's just been a hard journey. Um, the hardest journey is working, you know, my spouse works with me in, in my business. Becky is amazing. She's awesome. She has so many skills. Um, she's really set and like, she has like the exact anatomy to be a number two and to be a rock star number two for anybody. The problem is she can't be a number two for me, <laughs> you know? So I, I've seen her make a cleaning business, for instance, go from um, $30,000 a month in sales to $100,000 a month in sales in 18 months. Like that's what she can do to a business if she gives, if she's given the reins. But um, I think the decision is to make it work with her and to actually like take the time to learn and take the time for myself so I can explain it to her properly and to, to know that we're in this together long-term, um, you know, that, that, that's been hard as well. But I mean, but, it, but it's not the decision. So you asked for the decision. So it wasn't the decision. Right. It was, it's the journey. You know, it's like that constant trying to make sure that her strong will and my strong will don't get it, get in front of each other. But she really does a great job. And I'll tell you, like right now, we're probably as strong as we've ever been. But it's been a good, it's been a good long journey to get there mm -hmm. and to learn each other and to learn ourself. Um, and the, and the problem is people change over years too. So like you might change the way you are. She may change the way she is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she has very complimentary skills to, to what we do. Um, she runs 12 vacation rentals on top of being the broker for our property management company on top of, of being the acquisitions, you know, manager for, for all of our acquisitions because we acquire about two houses a week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, so she does a lot. But, but and she, I mean, she's almost irreplaceable. You know, so not, not, I'm not saying that she couldn't and she couldn't stay home because she probably would, but she really does enjoy what we do here. And she feels like she's made for this. But um, I think a lot of it, you know, if you've, you've, if you've seen a pattern there has come to family, you know, so family and business is hard. Sometimes, sometimes it works out really, really well. It doesn't. Right. So do you have a role model? And if so, could you share who it is? Boy, this probably won't come as much surprise, but I think the best role model who's ever lived is Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. And um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I cannot recommend higher recommendations of books of the Bible. And, um, you know, I've got tons of books I've read outside of the Bible, but the Bible is the one thing that I think that all wisdom sits there. And um, it's funny, like a lot of times we'll, we'll I'll read three, I'll get all these great nuggets. And then you go to Proverbs and you're like, oh, look, it's sitting here the same all, the whole time. But, yeah. but Jesus Christ is probably definitely like, I, it, I think he was the greatest example of all time. Um, you know, when he's on the cross, he said, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He made a way out. He made an excuse for everybody. And that's what I think that if I have to pattern my life after everybody, it'd be his. Um, as far as, you know, as far as role models outside of Jesus, I, I think that's just hard because there's different people, at least for me, different people have different skills. So I, I haven't, I have not, I've never found one person that I would say he's like the 
role model. I pick up on little things from many different people, yourself included. You know, I didn't even know who you were two years ago. In the last two years, I've got to know you a little bit. I've got to read up a little bit about you. And I'm like, man, this guy's awesome. He's the only other person that I've ever met other than myself that wants to give away a billion dollars in their lifetime. And, you know, like I, I, I've learned things from Quincy Long and I've learned things from Eddie Wilson, who we talked about before mm-hmm. the podcast. I've mm-hmm. learned things from my pastor. I've learned tons of stuff from, you know, business owners, you know, that have written books, Bill Gates and, you know, people like that. I've learned from John Maxwell. I love John Maxwell's stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, even somebody like Tony, John, Tony Dungy, though, that went to the Super Bowl and the whole time all he was concerned about was how was he going to show and be a reflection of God um, in, in that whole time. You know, there's stories about him and Tony Evans, who, who was his pastor at the time. And, um, you know, so if you ask me for role models, there's, there's almost too many. My brother-in-law, Josh Belk, has been a role model to me at times um, with accounting and understanding mm-hmm. you know, numbers and that kind of stuff. So I think in life, there's too many people that are like, uh, at least for me, because I have a lot of different arms and a lot of different um, avenues of, of, of conduits of different things that I do. I've got to have like many mentors and, and many different things, you know, for me. No, you're like me in that respect. It's really, really tough to narrow it down to one or even two because there's so many people we come in contact with. That's why I love the concept of mastermind because not only do we give a lot to it, we get a lot from it. Right. And, you know, I, I always go back to the, the John D. Rockefeller quote, I'd rather have, you know, the benefits of 1% from a thousand men than 100% of my own. Mm-hmm. Because everybody can add amazing things to our lives and we just have to be open to, to see it and receive it. Isn't that true? Like everybody knows something that you don't know. And that's why it's so, it's so hurtful if we don't like pay attention to kids. Cause you know, sometimes kids say the darndest things, right? You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, it, it takes a six-year-old or a four-year-old to actually like speak the truth every once in a while, you know? So like, I think it's very important for us to even look and learn from people that we don't think can really teach us anything. Mm-hmm. Cause they always can. Absolutely. Now, you know, a lot of folks uh, that watch our, our podcast or listen to our podcast, because we put it out both ways, video as well as audio, they're looking to get started or to reinvent themselves. And real estate seems to be the place that they want to dip their toe in the water. What advice would you give to somebody who's just getting started at this? Hmm. And now that's going to be a difficult question, I think, to answer, only because... Sometimes I wrestle with the issue that I've been at this so long, it's hard to go back to the beginning and think of where was I and how did I get from there to here? Okay, so let's go back to the very first question or the second question. I think if you're just starting out, define what it is that you actually want. Um, And then be very honest with where you are today. (laughs) Um, You know, so I mean, that's not like, you know, the, the one biggest piece of advice that I would give, because I think the piece of advice I'd give would be to anybody, um, which is work like it all depends on you and pray like it all depends on God. But if you're asking for somebody that's just starting out, I think it's very important to know what their purpose is. So you, you talked about the 30 days to good success. Mm-hmm. So this is a workbook that I've actually written for, it's actually for people, but it's also, I've, I'm even having mentors now use it to mentor their students or mentor their, the, the very first chapter, the very first question that's in that is what is your purpose? Um, 
And why do you try to define why you believe God placed you on this earth? Why were you created? There has to be a reason. There has to be purpose. And in my opinion, that's where you'll find out what, what will actually make you matter. Because at the end of the day, if you have all the money in the world, if you have a great business, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Um, at the end of the day, you can help provide jobs. And I think that that matters. I think providing people jobs matters so much more than you making money. Mm -hmm. um, so defi defining your purpose, where you're at today, and then that how. I think if you're asking me the how question of how do I get from where I really am today and being honest with myself to where I really want to go and what success means to me in my business, I think the biggest part of that is figuring out what you're really good at, knowing what gifts you've been given by God. God has seven spiritual gifts. And then he, you also have experiences that you've been given and talents that you've been given and knowledge that you've been given and understanding that it all happens for a reason and knowing what you're really good at and what you really like to do. Uh, you know, I, I always tell people the masterminds or different meetings, like draw a, like an X in the middle of the in the middle of a, of a piece of paper or big board and be like, these are things I'm really good at. These are things I don't, not really good at. These are things I like. These are things I'm not really, I don't really like. And then, you know, put dots in, in that, in that board and try to move all. Like people ask me, who should I hire first? Well, you should hire the things that you're not good at and the things that you don't really want to do first. Cause there's other people that are really good at those things. And there's other people that really love doing those things. So knowing what you're really good at, knowing what your core genius is, and staying in that as much as you possibly can. The earlier along in your career that you can learn that, and the earlier you can learn that you don't have to know it all and that you don't have to be the end all say all, really allows you to let go of a lot of things much earlier. And it allows you to have a lot more uh, freedom and a lot more peace in your business. Okay, well, that's great. And, and I agree, starting at the core of, you know, why? What, what's my goal? What's my objective? And understanding, because so many people start running, you know, it's like, I don't know if it was in Kiyosaki's book or somebody's book, but talked about climbing the ladder of success only to get to the top and you find your ladders against the wrong wall. <laughs> yes. Hello, you know, yep. where did that 30 years go? Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you got your ladder on the right wall before you even start climbing. So I think that's good stuff. And the other thing that I see is that people aren't honest with themselves. They, 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 they're in like $50,000, $100,000 in debt, and they don't even put that on their plan. I'm like, if you create a plan to get from California to from Chicago, but you're really in New York, you're not going to end up in, in LA. If, if, you're, if your plan started from Chicago and went to LA, you're going to end up in the middle of the desert. Like, you know what I mean? So sure. you have to be honest with yourself. I think there's too many people that are, their head is in the sand and they don't even realize it. Yeah, that's some really good advice. And I usually tell people, you know, if you like an ostrich and you stick your head in the sand, you have to think what's exposed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that can get a little bit ugly. Yes, sir. Uh, now, looking at people, and you get to talk to lots of people, I know, over the course of your week, a lot of them positive and intentional. And I'm sure a lot of people come up to you and ask all sorts of questions. But... What is one thing you think most people should change in order to get closer to their success? Let's say they've defined it. They know what they want to get to. But what's one thing that most people probably need to change? <laughs> most people need to change their, where they hang out and the people that, that they hang around. Um, the people that are telling you everything that you want to hear 
are normally the people that add no value to your life at all. It's those people that tell you what you don't want to hear. It's the people that tell you what you really need, not what you think you want. Um, you know, it's funny because I see a bunch of, I think this is actually the one thing that separates my, I've, you know, everybody always asks me what separates your mastermind from all the other masterminds. And like, I've been to so many different masterminds and most of them are only telling you all the things that you really want, you want to hear. It's like, they're telling you it's not your fault. Well, guess what? It is your fault. Is. They're telling you what to do is just tweak this thing marketing and all of a sudden you're going to be a millionaire. Well, no, it's not the case. You have to create momentum. You have to continually follow up. You have to do all the things in disciplined life that actually get that to that success. They're trying to tell you all the, when it comes to finances, you don't really want to talk about what their real numbers are. What they want to talk about in finances is like cutesy ways to get out of paying taxes that really like are either borderline illegal or border or they only really apply to like, you know, 5% of the room. And, you know, like, that's what I see in this world that sells. And it, it really like, it burns me up because I just see all these people going like a sheep to the slaughter. And I'm just like, you know, what are you doing? Like, why don't you get around people that are willing to in your face and, and honestly, and say, this is your real problem. If you'll fix this root problem, instead of like focusing on all these surface issues, mm -hmm. um, you'll be a whole lot better and a whole lot stronger um, long-term. So I, if you, the one thing I think people should change is their network. And, and I think that that, and the, how you can figure out where you want to be is the people that are challenging you and the people that are trying to actually make you get better and get out of that comfort zone. Yeah, well, that's a wise man once said, all the good things in life lie right outside your comfort zone. <laughs> so if you're sitting on the couch with a remote in one hand and a Twinkie in the other, it's not going to improve. Nope. But your blood sugar will go up and you will be one of those people we have to support with our tax dollars. <laughs> nice. And, that, and, and that's no good for anyone, I promise. Nope, uh, nope, nope, nope. Okay. Um, so what's one question that you wanted me to ask and I just happened. Oh boy, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really have questions like that. I'm. I'm just here to serve you and serve your audience. And there's. If there's anything I can do for you guys, I'd love to be able to do so. Um, you know, like I. I, I do have two big dreams: a billion dollars, mm -hmm. and one is to flip the city of Gary, Indiana. And you know, when I say flip the city of Gary, Indiana, I don't mean I'm going to flip every single house. I don't mean that that I'm going to like really do the whole city, all you know, whole city makeover. It's not like you the, the flip this house, you know, shows that you see on TV. To me, it's, it's whatever I can do to make the city of Gary be a place that people move to instead of move away from. A business would love to be here um, and making it more of a destination rather than something that people hear in storybooks of, of a place that you'd never want to go to. So, and honestly, like I, it has been, it's been a world 18 months. We have seen so many new jobs coming here. Every single day, I pray for the city of Gary. Um, we even have, and part of our prayer meeting on Monday morning is always praying for the city of Gary. Um, but there, we, I, I'm just trying to do whatever I can. Today, I think the only thing that the things that we're doing are the houses that we're working on. We do bring turnkey investors through, mm -hmm. and we also are flipping our uh, flipping houses as well. I also have a rental portfolio and a vacation rental portfolio in Gary. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then also trying to change the messaging. So I'm changing the messaging locally and nationally. And, um, 
you know, the, I, I, I really, to me, like my biggest focus and my biggest purpose, I believe on this earth is to glorify God by adding value to my communities. And that's in real estate. That's in my church. That's in my business. That's in my employees. That's in my lenders, my investors. Like I am always trying to add value to other people's lives. And I don't really know that there's a question you could have asked me, but if you wanted to give me a chance to be on my soapbox and ask me a little bit more about myself, that's what I would have said. Okay, well, that was the right answer, believe it or not. <laughs> you nailed it without even identifying nailed it. <laughs> because no, what you, what you are doing is, is so powerful because you impact the lives of people, many of whom you will never meet, many of whom you will never have a conversation with. And to me, that's one of the greatest sources of joy. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day about giving, and they said, you know, we got to get people to give till it hurts. And I said, no, actually, we have to push all the way through that and give till it feels good. Because mm -hmm. it's just it's just stepping forth in faith, saying that, you know, I realize I can't outgive God, but I'm going to, I'm going to put up the challenge. Because he, when we do that, he just gives more. And it makes such a huge difference. And it helps us to make an impact in his name. Yeah, the, the law of reciprocity, the law of you reap what you sow happens over and over again, and you, you can't stop it. Yeah, and, and I love, you know, what, what you mentioned before about, you know, we read stuff and boom, there it is in Proverbs, you know, because it is, it's, it's truly the, the font of wisdom. Yep. And uh, Amen. I'm, I'm with you on it. So how do you play full out? Now, we talked about all the work you do, but when you don't work, which I know is probably not all that often, how do you play full out? I know oh you boy, play you, full you out got, in business. You got several different questions in there. So how yeah, do I play yeah, full out? A I mean, it is the one thing that I feel like, um, how do I play out? I, I think my question is always, why do I play out? That's the question I normally answer to people. I mean, but to me, the why is because I believe this is why I was placed on this earth. Um, you know, how do I do it? I mean, we are here every single day, Monday through Friday, working hard. We have a property management company um, that's obviously 24 seven. Um, we also, like I said, buy and sell hundred plus houses every single year. Um, we have a construction management company, Good Success is the uh, education company where we have a local monthly mastermind and then a national quarterly mastermind. And we have a community go-giver event every year in which we try to focus on all the community go-givers out there that are really focusing on not just making money, but how are they having a positive impact on their community? How are you using real estate to have a positive impact on your community? Um, as far as my daily schedule, it's like we, me and my wife love to get to take our kids to school. Our kids go to private school. So that's something that I never had growing up. Um, but we, I love to be able to take them to school in the morning and be with them in the morning. And then, um, uh, you know, as far as personally, um, my family, we, we are Disney Vacation Club members and my, my family loves Disney. So we go there probably every year, at least once. And then we also do family vacations with my wife's family and family monthly get togethers. And we celebrate the birthdays of, of all the family in that, in that monthly get together. I think, I think it's very important. Um, but something else that, you know, I think is kind of a core, you know, a cornerstone. So in business, 
you know, if you go through, if, if you have a, a person come in and give you advice on how to set up your company and how to set up an accountability chart and how to um, create level 10 meetings and help you with your goals and all that kind of stuff. One of the keys that a good facilitator is going to tell you is to create core values. And those core values, those guiding principles, those non-negotiables, those like who will fit in here and who will not fit in here type of think scenarios. But what I don't see taught very often is to do that personally. And we have done that in our own personal family since our kids were super young. And we actually call them family rules instead of like guiding principles or core values. Because what, what's a four-year-old going to, what's our core values, son? No, we say, what are our family rules? What's rule number one? And for us, rule number one is be kind one to another. Rule number two is children obey your parents. Rule number three is no lying, you know, be honest. Rule number four is no whining. What should you be doing with your mouth? You should be complaining. You should be encouraging others. You should be doing that. Mm -hmm. And then number five is give gifts. And I think that if you want to create a, a real true legacy, I think it's so much more about what are those values? What are those non-negotiables that you pass on to that next generation than it is about like how much money you passed on. Mm -hmm. So if you're asking, I guess, I'm not sure if that answered the question or not, or that's where you wanted to go with it, but my mind kind of wandered. Well, that's okay. I think it was a great response and I totally appreciate it. And, and Tom, I really want to thank you for joining us today and sharing your thoughts on success by playing full out. And you, tr you truly did. I mean, you gave wonderful responses. You shared great information. And I also want to thank all of our listeners and our viewers. And I want to just say to them, whatever you do every day, make sure one thing that you get done, besides being grateful to God for all the gifts you've got, is then get out there and play full out. Thanks, everybody.